Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And it's time to get a little romantic. Aww. I mean, not really, but just film. <laughs> um, first of all, I would like to say happy birthday to Maz, happy one of our birthday, number one fans. Maz. It was her birthday yesterday. Um, yeah, so um, we hope you had a, a lovely day. And... Uh, Hope you enjoy us talking about this film that we sadly <laughs> didn't enjoy as much as we used to. She did say that she she doesn't always know the films we're talking about, but she always enjoys listening, so... That's fair enough. Bye. <laughs> um, so today we are kicking off our two, first of two uh, Valentine's special episodes, and we're speaking about none other than Valentine from... 2001, just to correct myself, last week I said it was from the 90s, and upon watching this again, I could see why I thought that this film really should have been released in the 90s. Yeah, it was quite late in the sort of slasher film resurgence of the late 90s. Yeah. I think 2001 is quite late in that cycle. We recently spoke about Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, and this very much falls into that category of films wanting to be Scream. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think it does. I think style-wise and... Casting wise, you know, real young, good looking uh, cast. Uh, but I, I think some of it is a bit of a throwback to the early 80s as well. Yeah, I, there's a few, um, I noticed a few Halloween nods in it this time, like the yeah. way the killer moves and such. And I, I feel like um, the, the whole dweeb getting embarrassed, yeah, that's very revenge is very slaughter terror high. train, slaughter high. Um, X-Ray, which is also set on Valentine's Day. Yeah, so very, very much early 80s influenced, I feel. Yeah, and this is directed by Jamie Blanks, who directed uh, Storm Warning, Long Weekend, and Urban Legend. Urban Legend, a far superior uh, horror film, I think. I I love Urban Legend. Yeah, um, it's definitely the better out of the two. Uh, This is just... It's there's still stuff to be enjoyed with this, but it's not aged very well at I, all. I feel like we've talked about this a lot during um, recent podcasts, but I have a nostalgia attached to this film. Yeah, and me. I mean, I got it on VHS when it, it pretty much when it came out, probably. Yeah, I really? remember uh, seeing it on Sky Movies and the killer scaring the hell out of me. The mask was, I found, <laughs> yeah. really creepy at the time. Yeah. I thought it was great when I was younger. Not, oh, yeah. Not so much now. So many memorable scenes in it. Um, yeah, there's some memorable death scenes, I feel. But weirdly enough, some of the better death scenes aren't the memorable ones. For me. I just remember the iron and uh, the hot tub. I remember the hot tub. The hot tub was always sort of the one that I remembered. But then I always forget about the um, smashing through the shower and paling on glass scene. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably one of the better kills in the film. Yeah. Well, it was made on a $10 million budget. However, it was rumoured to have a $29 million budget. I don't know what's going on with that. Like, I don't think anyone really gives a shit. Just tell us how much you made your film for. I think the idea was um, it it was a film that got a um, trailer spot during the Super Bowl. It did, and it's the cheapest film cheapest to ever. film. So I think people thought it was more expensive because it got that slot. Oh, and how... 
how good are we for timing? The Super Bowl's just been. Super Bowl's just been. I didn't even plan that. But yeah, this was uh, advertised as a Super It's kind of baffling that this is advertised for the Super Bowl. I mean, I wouldn't really think it's that sort of film. Um, I, I suppose it was, again, uh, at the tail end of the, the slasher film resurgence. Um, but I, I think it was. Did it make money? It it made its money back. It didn't make it back on the opening weekend, but eventually it made its money back. Yeah, so so I think these sort of films were still popular at that point. You had some, you know, well-known faces. I mean, uh, David Boroneros from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, you had Denise Richards. You know, she she was still really hot back then. Um, uh, you had Catherine Heigl. I think I think she was on a quite a popular TV series, obviously pre, Grey's Anatomy, but um I think she was on Roswell, Roswell was quite popular. Yeah. Oh, the the cast of this were very very popular. I mean, Catherine Heigl and Denise Richards get top billing. Yeah, and even David Watts's face. The least amount of time on screen. I don't know. I think Denise Richards gets a lot of screen time. Well, she gets a fair bit, but I I I do think minute to minute she she's not exactly up there. No. David, uh, how do you pronounce his surname? Boroneras. Yeah, from Angel. Um, I, I mean, he was obviously really big off Angel. Um, yeah, and Buffy, Buffy the Vampire, Vampire Slayer, Slayer yeah, yeah. Um, at this time. I didn't realise, though. He couldn't act, but we'll get to that oh, shortly. Yeah, no, he's awful in this film. Uh, this is loosely based on a novel of the same name by Tom Savage, says one source, but another source tells me that it actually wasn't. They just like the name. And it, that's the weird thing with the trivia for this film. There's always a second opinion for everything. It's like, yeah. does anyone know anything about this film? I think they bought the rights to the novel just so they could get the name. Yeah. It, it's it's very similar to uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm. Like, I Know What You Did Last Summer is fuck all to do with the novel. <laughs> and and the, the novel, the novelist who, who wrote it actually disowned I Know What You Did Last Summer because she's like, this has absolutely nothing to do with my book. Well, this is in the early days of the internet, so Warner Brothers, on their website, they created digital Valentine's e-cards that can be sent out to people. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, a bit um, of uh, early internet marketing. And it was one of the f- um, sort of only, really, uh, trailers that had a female uh, voiceover, yeah. 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 Female voiceover, that never happened. I cannot think of another film no. that has a female uh, voiceover on their trailer. Uh, Catherine Heigl disowned the film. She hates it. Has she ever enjoyed anything that she's ever I made? I don't think so, but the mistake she keeps making, which I assumed is the same mistake with Knocked Up, I'm not certain, but it's a good chance. She didn't read the full script. She basically read her scenes, which is, a, you know, it's over within the first five minutes. Yeah. And didn't read the rest of it, and now she regrets it. And, like, you're in it for, like, five minutes. And, and how can you regret such a small role? And she she even like started bad mouthing Crazy Anatomy, which kind of made her famous. You know, she she was bad mouthing that as well. No wonder she don't get any work anymore. Like, what was the last thing she was in? I can't remember. Like really, by all accounts, she she is. I mean, obviously, I've never met the woman. Um, and if she's listening, then you know, feel free to like our page and defend yourself. <laughs> uh, but. By all accounts, she's a bit of an arsehole, really. Yeah, I mean, everything she said about Knocked Up is very valid. Um, yeah. That film is wrong for 
number of reasons, not just because it's sexist, it's also, you know, it's a bit homophobic. It's it's just, you know, it doesn't portray anything right. It's a Judd Apatow comedy from the, you know, late 2000s. Yeah, but of where, course where was that energy at the time? But yeah, where, you know, she says this all this time after, she obviously read the script, she took the role. Yeah. You know? If it was offensive now, it was offensive then. Yeah. Um, originally, the cast began with Tara Reid playing Dorothy and Jennifer Love Hewitt playing Paige. What a different film that would have been. That, I feel like that would have been a bit of a step down for Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. You know, she she was sort of the main girl in I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, I thought she was quite famous at the time. It would, it's a smaller a much smaller role than she would probably be used to. Yeah, I think so. You know, Denise Richards, you know, she, she's... I mean, not to say Jennifer Love Hewitt's known as a, a wonderful actress... Um, but she, she was leading lady material, mm-hmm. whereas I never felt Denise Richards was. No, but Denise Richards does give one of the better performances of the film. Yeah, she's alright for what what the role is. Yeah. She's flirty, and Denise Richards plays flirty very well, so... Have, have you ever seen Wild Things? No. That's a great film. That is a great... I remember that when I was younger. I used to love that film so Fun much. fact, Catherine Heigl helps Seth Rogen find uh, Denise Richards' nude scene yes. in uh, Wild Things, in Knocked Up. Yes. <laughs> uh, how things come together. Uh, the film and the outdoor scenes are interrupted by a guy who kept <laughs> kept beeping his car horn and they had to pay him to stop. People are Why the fuck they? would you do that? <laughs> People are weird. Um, I hope that fact is true because that's my favourite fact. Um... Inspiration for the mask uh, actually comes from a book on the famed painter Sandro Botticelli. 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 There we go. Nearly got it right. Yeah. Yeah. The inspiration for the mask comes from that. I really enjoyed the mask in this film. I think it makes the killer look great. Yeah, it worked. Worked really well. Um, It reminds me. I think uh, Happy Death Day may have taken a little from this. Yeah. Yeah, and it is very Botticelli-like. Um, uh, Botticelli being most famous for his depiction of Venus in the in the clamshell. Yes, so anyone who hasn't seen this, it is... Um, I think it's Venus. Anyone who hasn't seen the film, it's kind of like a cherub, um, Cupid yeah, style yeah. mask. I think they refer to it as a cherub. I, I yeah. got a little confused. I was like, well, what am I calling it? Cupid it, It's very Cupid. But it, 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 I think cherubs are... are chubby-cheeked yeah as well big rosy red cheeks and several scenes were trimmed to secure an r rating by village roadshow not even the mpaa it was uh village roadshow and one brothers that wanted it trimmed oh because they, they uh, didn't want it to be too violent oh okay and considering um i mean if you compare this with uh say Friday the 13th, The New Blood for example in that film the mpaa you know completely destroyed it took out all bits of gore. This is still quite gory, considering. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, I think the main it's one was bloodless. the... No, I think the main trimming down was uh, actually Catherine Heigl's death. Okay. I think that may have been a little more detailed. Ah. But yes, onward the film. This film's plot is five women are stalked and killed by an unknown assailant uh, whilst preparing Valentine's Day. Simple premise. Yeah. Um, and it begins with something you'll see quite a lot throughout this film. A, 
a guy acting a... Actually, do you know what? No, this ain't very fair. This guy's not acting creepy. And to be honest, as far as um, outcasts in films go, he doesn't even look that nerdy. Like, he's just got glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to our sort of references from the early 80s. Yeah. Something like Slaughter High... Like, that's just a normal guy wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> a very, very 80s-esque intro. We get um, a guy with glasses. Uh, his name is... Uh, what is his name? Jeremy. Is Jeremy. Jeremy. His surname is... Jeremy Melton. So, Jeremy we're Melton. very prepared. Jeremy Melton's <laughs> going around at the school prom or Valentine's thing or whatever it is, asking all the girls to dance with him. Uh, his first reaction he gets is in your dreams, loser. Then he gets a ew. Then he gets a, I'd rather be born alive, and then uh, and maybe later. Uh, all of these, well, majority of those, sort of foreshadow things that are to come. They in do. The film. They they do, which is I don't know. And is that a good thing? Yeah, I I mean I guess Dorothy, um, a chubby girl wants to dance with him. Uh, they end up necking underneath the school seats or whatever they call them. Um, Bleachers, I think they call them. Uh, so then the bullies turn up and they start, you know, calling him a pervert and whatnot. It doesn't really make much sense. You can see they're both consentfully kissing. Uh, but then Dorothy lies, says that he attacked her. Um, he gets punch poured on him in a very carry type way. Yeah. They uh, strip him down, and then we get a Windows Movie Maker style title card. <laughs> it looks very cheap. Uh, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah, and and I find a lot of the the fonts in this film yeah. are sort of very basic. They kind of stolen from other films, really. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the 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 chubby girl we're speaking of is is Dorothy and. The bullies refer to her as Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, which isn't particularly flattering, is it? Yeah, I mean, this is what I don't get. She kind of ex- tries to explain this later in the film, but it still doesn't really make that much sense as to why she would try and uh, make out that he attacked her, considering she's being bullied anyway, so... Yeah, but I, I think maybe it takes the emphasis off of her. Mm. So, um, potentially, they would have both gotten the same treatment, or, or similar treatment, so... If uh, he if she says that he attacked her, then uh, it, it takes the heat off of her. Yeah. Well, 13 years later, we get Catherine Heigl playing Shelley. Uh, and she is on a date with a guy called Jason, who is constantly referring to himself in a third person like a piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, every guy in this film is either a piece of shit or really creepy. Yeah, it, it's... It's all, like, red herrons, like, making you think everybody's the killer. Yeah. But it's I, in overdrive. It, it, a little bit. I, I do find that every male in this film is is sort of treated as if they're uh, either creepazoids or... Uh, Serial killers, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. You get a lot of it in the nineties and the early two thousands of, uh, of the whole foreshadowing and red herrings of uh, the boyfriends being the killer. But this really does ramp it up. Like every there's single male too character. Too many red herrings. I think. Yeah, I think there's too many red herrings. 
and it literally it is every single male character in this film they're making you believe that they potentially could be the killer yeah every male character in the film literally all of them yeah it's true I mean, this guy Jason he is just fucking oh, oh god he's so annoying he just referred to himself in third person Shelley's not having it so she wants to leave and yeah, he, uh, he's, he um he suggests that they split the bill yeah because it's way expensive yes, apparently and she's disgusted by this mhm then he wants a kiss yeah. Uh, she leaves, and uh, he turns to a randomer in the uh, in the bar where they're at. Gives her a wink, and he's like, "Jason likes your dress." And thankfully, that's the last we see of Jason. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the last we see of him, isn't it? Yeah. Shelley decides. Um, you know what? That was a shit date. I'm gonna go and do an autopsy now. This this I don't understand. So she's a medical student, and she after this date. Seemingly, it's quite late at night, it's dark. She decides that she's going to go and dissect a body. Which, okay, you know, she, she wants to make the most of her education. But completely un- unaccompanied. Yeah. There's no one else there for, for now. It, it's... I find that a bit, like, strange. It also looks like the first time she's ever done an autopsy as well. She looks scared to go near the body. <laughs> And, you know, this is meant to be what she's doing for her education, so it looks a little strange. Um, but she, she's about to dissect this body and she hears a strange noise. So naturally, she's a white girl in a horror film. What does she do? Goes to investigate. Or she goes to investigate. Um, we get a fake scare by a random of a student um, who we never <laughs> see ever again. Yeah. He even, again... It's, it's a male, so he's had to give a fake scare, yeah, like he's a killer. Yeah. Uh, but you never see him again. Uh, she finds a creepy Valentine's card that says, uh, my love bleeds for you as you bleed from your neck. Yes. Um, Lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then she goes back to carry on with his autopsy. She thinks autopsy. that guy, though, yeah. don't she? <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy that you... <clears throat> we don't even know who he is. She thinks it's him. Um... And then she goes back to do her autopsy and the corpse starts breathing. And what makes me laugh is when you find out who the killer potentially is in the end, because you don't really get a straight answer. No. If it's who it's supposedly I, meant I, to I be... Th- I think it is. That is not his stomach. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it's definitely no, it's not, not his stomach. No. Um, and and also, who's... To, you know, that's very risky. Yeah. Killer. Like, who's to say that she's... <laughs> It could go all the way in, you know? If yeah, well, take... she started cutting him up. Yeah, if she's not taking any notice, <laughs> she could just stabbed him and <laughs> and uh, got his fucking intestines out for display. But End of film. Conveniently, <coughs> um, conveniently, she notices that uh, it's breathing. Um, she runs backwards. The real corpse falls out of a cupboard. And <laughs> even then... even the, the corpse is called Chad. Even Chad gives a fake scare. He does. <laughs> Every Even Chad, dead Chad film. could be the killer. Dead Chad. As an armed anyone, <laughs> even he's set up to give us a fake scare because all men are shit in this film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes. It should be called Galentine's. It, it should be called Black Christmas 2019. Oh. Um, so, yeah, Chad falls out of uh, the cupboard. Um... Classic prank from a corpse. 
and uh, <laughs> then we get the camera turned around, and of course the killer is gone, because you know this wants to be Scream, a film that turns tropes on its head, but it's still going to go with all the classic tropes. Yeah, 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 but w- without that sort of knowing without the charm without the meta humor yeah I, I mean scream always um, i would describe it as you know a wink it, yeah it, it's sort of it's tongue-in-cheek yeah whereas this this is paint by numbers it, it is basically slash of paint by numbers yeah um so yeah so body disappears um and then the killer grabs her out of nowhere and uh, she stabs him and runs away. Gives him a stab to the leg. Yeah, I think the killer does a very Michael Myers style walk after her. Yeah, um, she goes into the morgue. Yes, and she hides in a body bag. In a body bag. Well, we. I mean, we don't know, but we assume she's hidden in a body bag. Yeah, and so the killer starts unzipping and stabbing multiple body bags. Yeah, um, very tense scene. And honestly, I, I, every time I see this, it always surprises me at how simple it is for him to find her. Like, <laughs> well, gets, yeah, gets to just... the last one and she's just in a body bag. Yeah, that's the thing. She's just kind of, she's in the body bag. He starts, and and the thing is, even in the body bag, you kind of know what's going on. You would be able to hear the fact mm-hmm. that he's unzipping over body bags and stabbing them. You know, yeah. so, so get out and run. So get out and run. Because it's literally the last one. Yeah. He's gone through all the others. It's ve- it, There's no tension built, really. It's so dumb. I mean, why did why did she think he wouldn't go to that one? Exactly. He's gone to all the fucking others, unzip it, jump out, and run. Yeah. So she gets a throat slit, um, and the killer starts having a nosebleed, which is a recurring theme throughout all the kills. And it yes. makes sense in the end, sort of. Yeah, and um, you said that that was an extended her death scene. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a bit of, you know, the slit happens and then... Yeah, but. yeah, I think that was on that trimmed down the most yeah. from the MPA. Well, from <laughs> Village Roadshow. Yeah. Um. So then we're introduced to Kate and Paige, played by Marley Shelton and Denise Richards. Real housewife of uh, Beverly Hills. She is now a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Her and Carl Richards from Halloween. I know. But then also Kim Richards from Assault on Precinct 13. She's a real housewife of Beverly Hills. The... Or was. Oh, really? The girl that gets shot. So what relation is she to Carl Richards? A sister. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. She'd be very young to be a mum. And they're uh, the aunts of Paris Hilton, <laughs> star of House of Wax. Yes. So they're all like horror Ooh. scream queens. We are going to have to do that for an original versus remake episode. House of Wax. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we're introduced to Kate and Paige and they're going speed dating. And this might surprise you, but all of the guys are fucking douchebags. All like of them. Every single one of them. I've, is... I've written them down, actually. Oh, I'm glad you have. So, so Miley Shouten and Denise Richards, um, they're talking speed dating. Uh, Miley Shouten is in a relationship, kind of, or she's getting over a relationship with her boyfriend. With Angel. Who's a recovering alcoholic. We don't know it's him at this time, but who's a recovering alcoholic. Um, so they decide to go speed dating. So... Guy number one is a mama's boy. 
Guy number two is obsessed with his ex. <laughs> Guy number three is completely bonkers about sports and and the 49ers uh the the fourth one yeah is um a bible basher he's obsessed with god (laughs) and christianity and the fifth one can't talk he just can't bring himself to talk to a woman and then the sixth one is having a date with marley shelton but then Paige denise richards Gets her eye on him. Yeah. And he's very quickly to completely dismiss Miley Shelton and go for the page. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me as to why Denise Richards would ever go for someone who looks like this. He, I, yeah, I thought he looked a bit weird. He did look very weird. And what's his name? I've got his name really uh, further down because he comes back into the film. Brian. An attractive Brian I've got him down as. I, I don't understand how this is meant to be believable. He's kind of... He's got a bit of Sean William Scott about him in the facial expressions. He looks more... His eyebrows are constantly sort of... He looks up. more like Shermanator from American Pie. He does look like Shermanator. That is correct. Um, but I, I don't get why Denise Richards has gone on a speed dating with Kate, considering she's just sat there with her back to her until Shermanator appears, and then she turns <laughs> around. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Um... But yeah, so then they leave there, have a laugh about it, and like, <laughs> oh god. Yeah, because Kate, uh, sorry, I I keep doing this thing, and I do it in all our podcasts, is where I refer to them as the actor at one point, and then I refer to them as their character names. So it, Denise Richards is Paige, Miley Shelton is Kate. Yeah. Yes. And Kate seems perfectly okay. With the fact that Paige stole a man. Yeah, they have a laugh about it. And then they're told that... Uh, we just get a random phone call. It's quite soon after it's happened. Depending on when this film's going to be set. Uh, saying that Shelley's died. And then we get to the funeral. Yes, yeah, so we have Shelley's funeral. Um, and Kate and Paige. Awkwardly talking. Oh, yeah. no, it's not. No. no, this is when Angel turns up. This is when Angel turns... So this is uh, Adam, isn't it? So yes. Adam and Kate have first of many, many awkward chats throughout this film. It, it really is, for me, the low point is the complete lack of chemistry that yeah. Marley Shelton and David Boroneras have. His acting is fucking he, he dreadful. totally seems like he just does not want to be there. Mm, yeah. He's really, and uh, I think he filmed all his scenes in like 10 minutes. He did, or he did. It's very wooden. You could tell that he had somewhere else to be, something more important to do. Yeah. Very wooden. Yeah, he, he didn't want to be there. Um, but they were awkwardly talking at the funeral, and then it turns out he has a bottle of tequila in his car. <gasps> yes, because he's an alcoholic. Yes. And the film does not want to let you forget that. Nope. Um, so we then get all the friends together, stereotypical 90s, early 2000s horror friends, and they're a bit mad at Paige for dressing all fancy at a funeral. Well, she took, yeah, she got her um, cleavage out, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. She, she takes her little cardigan off, and uh, her boobs are on display. I think she was absolutely slaying the game, if you ask me. She and was. honestly, I think... Everyone should dress like that at funerals. She looked great. This was Denise Richards looking at her best. Yeah. I mean, she's still a beautiful woman now, but, um, yeah, Denise, Denise Richards was always sort of, to me, I, I thought she was one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. As far as that time period goes, yeah, yeah. No, when I was most... watching, you know, when I I watched these films back in the early two thousands, yeah, I thought she, she was great. Well, then a rather unusual occurrence at a funeral, uh, our detective randomly pops up out of nowhere, and uh, starts questioning the girls Does straight after their friend's funeral. I'm t- it, can't. it can't. It can't. It happen. cannot happen. This shit cannot happen in real life. No detective would ever go to someone's funeral to try and investigate like, this their is murder. mere minutes yeah. after the funeral's finished, yeah. and he is there like, so girls, can you answer a few questions for me? And it's like, are you fucking serious? But also, what I don't understand is that he's like, when, did, when was the last time you saw Shelley? Oh, I haven't seen her in three years. I haven't seen her in four years. Like, why the fuck are you at a funeral then? You're yeah. clearly not friends anymore. <laughs> Quite clearly, you know, you can't be friends. It would... Like, acquaintances at best, Because maybe. it's a slasher film, you have to have a funeral scene. But if, if you <laughs> haven't had any contact with someone... Okay, so you were friends in high school. Okay, I get it. But if you haven't had direct contact with someone in four years, you, you know, you probably wouldn't even be invited to the funeral. No one would even know who you were. No. It's, it, but, you know, I'm assuming her parents organised a funeral or, or whatever, but they wouldn't even be invited. Yeah, they're just very conveniently there. Yeah. Um, For the detective to speak to. Like, them actually for, really sad yeah. about someone they don't know dying. Yeah, I mean, well, someone called Kate about Ooh. it. Like, why the fuck are they calling Dorothy her Dorothy did. Oh, wow. Next, we get Dorothy going to her fucking gigantic house... Uh, and she gets a Valentine's card, and she gets a visit from the male representation of what everybody in the 90s looked like. His name is Campbell. Yes. And she met him at yoga. Yes. Bullshit. But Dor- Dorothy gets a card, a sinister Valentine's, and she's like, ooh. And then there's the knock at the door, and she's completely over it. Perfectly yeah. Fine. She's, she's just had a card. A card about, yeah, they're going to have to look at your teeth to recognise you or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's really brutal. And then Campbell <laughs> turns up, so hey, it's yoga hey. guy. <laughs> and again, you know, he conveniently turned up after she received it. Could it be Campbell? Yes, yes. But also, um, we talk about the representation of men in this film, um, but Dorothy's a fucking knob. Yeah. She's awful throughout this film. Yeah, she she basically, a little later on, they talk about when, you know, they were bullying um, the... Uh, what the fuck do I keep forgetting his name? Jeremy. When they were bullying Jeremy. And uh, she basically like, yeah, it's because I was fat. And that's pretty much all we get from her. Yeah, she's just really bitter. She just comes across really bitter yeah. and horrible. And, and then whilst we're talking about bad representation of women in this film as well... We get uh, Dorothy's rude, young, uh, gold-digging stepmom, who also can't act. That's a bit harsh. She's only in one scene. Yeah. And, How uh, do you know she's a gold-digger? Because cause okay. Dorothy t- called her one. Okay, Chris, did you see the size of that house and the age gap between her and... So? Okay. It's very so much written why to... Why should age get in the way of true love? It's very much written to make her look like a gold-digger. Yeah, no, clearly, but still... And uh, so Dorothy's not happy with this. She's been a bit rude and intruding on her sex life. And uh, 
Dorothy calls her a prostitute in so many words and then calls her a mail-order bride from hell. <laughs> yeah. And that's wow. the last we see of her. That's the last we see of her. Yeah, her dad comes down, stares, wearing too much fake tan. Do we even see his face? Yeah, he's plastered in fake tan. There we go. And he's like, uh, show more respect for my wife. And that's it. We never see those two characters again. Never see them again. So... Then Kate's having a shower. Well, Dorothy's invited Campbell to stay. Yeah. So Campbell's has this story about his roommate not paying the rent, and they've all been, they've both been chucked out, and he's sort of hinting about staying there, in the nice big house. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, "Yeah, yeah, come, come join me. Yeah, it's fine, no problem." So I set up a spare bedroom, and he, he clearly is fucking annoyed about this. But um, yeah, then we. Go to Kate. She's having a shower. Why she is hears, he annoyed? Uh, he's got his way. No, he seemed a little annoyed at first because he's not going to be sharing a bed with her. He doesn't want to share. That's a bed the impression with her. I got. What they're a thing, aren't they? What happens later in the film? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. We'll, when we'll get, get to, to that it. point. Sorry, but yeah, no. Later in the film, no, no. He's 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 just glad to be in there so he can use the fucking gym and the pool. And she didn't like her. Oh, okay. I thought he did. It's the impression I got. Um, <laughs> so Kate's having a shower. Uh, she starts hearing some weird noises. The shower stops working. So she goes out to investigate, of course. Yeah, with shampoo's uh, still in her yeah, hair. Yeah, shampoo's still in her hair. And uh, she hears something trapped in the lift door. Yes. Um, am I remembering this right? I know we just watched it. Does she go outside in just the towel? Yeah, so what happens is she's in the shower, she hears a strange noise, so switches the shower off so she can hear better um, in case it's an intruder. She's still got shampoo in her hair <laughs> and uh, she can't get the water back on. So she rings the, um, I, I don't know what they call him, America, super? Or the, the person who... the fixes the apartments. Uh, the electrician, essentially. Well, it, well, it would be a plumber, wouldn't it? For yeah. the water. Um, gives gives him a call and uh, he's not answering. So she has to rinse her hair in the toilet, don't she? Yes. And then here's a nervous strange noise and being a white woman in a horror film <laughs> wearing just a towel goes out into the hall to investigate um, she finds the cherub mask. Yes. Uh, trapped in the Trapped uh, in the elevator. Door. And her creepy neighbour, Gary. Oh, okay. I am disgusted in the Gary representation in this film. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, all Garys don't look and sound like this. This guy's <laughs> a fucking arsehole. Again, cannot act, trying his hardest to be creepy, and he keeps making rhymes up with, uh, with Kate's name. I don't know. He's quite similar to all the Garys I know. Fuck you, first of all. <laughs> but she's there. Do you think the writer of this film has ever had any sort of human interaction with anybody else, man or woman? I don't know. Because the way this film is written, you're right, it's not just the men that's bad representation. It's the women as well. It's, this it's isn't, just a bit dumb, This isn't it? is not how human beings act. No. But the the, the whole film, I find, is just... Everything's sort of at face value. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a clever film. It, it's it's quite stupid. 
and so much has the writer feels has to be spelled out for us. And you know what? Fair enough, mindless film, whatever. But this wasn't that era. This is like when we were getting clever slasher films. Yeah, th- yeah. This isn't clever at all. And far, 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 far too many red herrings. Far too many. Yeah. It just makes it really not even confusing. Just dumb. Just really dumb. Well, because like, when... anyway, Gary is a red herring. In this yeah, film Gary's he's a red a creepy herring. Neighbor. Scary Gary. His name Scary is. Gary. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did she actually call him Scary Gary? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Why the fuck would you call someone Scary Gary to their face? Well, he's just... But he is being... Yes, but you don't fucking do that. You're like, oh, hey, Gary. And then you walk away, then you fucking bitch about him. Don't call him fucking Scary Gary to his face. Again, this isn't how people talk. Somebody's been called Scary Gary in the past. I have never been called Scary Gary. Never been called Scary Gary, Come on, new nickname. No way. I have nothing like this guy. Um, So... Yeah, Lily and Paige uh, are watching a guy called Lance on a dating video because you know what? All women want to do in this film is date and date and date and date and date and date because, you you know, it's called Valentine. You're not anybody until... You're not somebody until somebody loves you. Yeah, they get a Valentine from a JM uh, and it has chocolates in it with maggots. Yeah, so... um... Lily and Paige are watching a dating video, come on, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and the bell rings, and there's some lovely chocolates left at the door from a JM, and Paige says, oh, no, they're not for me, they must be for you, Lily, and Lily's very excited to start eating the chocolates for breakfast, seemingly, yeah. and um, yeah, there's a fucking maggot in there, there's maggots in the chocolate. Yeah, so then they start trying to figure out who this JM is. Uh, and then like, oh, Jeremy Mountain. And, uh, There's a lot of JMs. In they they know a well. lot of people with those initials. They know a lot of JMs. Yeah, that, I mean, I skipped it, but there is a, they go for a lot of JMs. And also, Catherine Heigl's date at the beginning is a JM. Yeah. And that's very convenient. Very, very, oh, very yeah. convenient that it's a JM. Well... They eventually get to Jeremy Melton and they start bitching about him, um, talking about when they used to bully him, and uh, but it can't be him. It can't be oh, him. Can't, can't be, be him. him. What is he even doing now? Yeah, it, it's it, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. Which doesn't make any sense because they've talked about a load of JMs mm-hmm. that they've had either quite mild interactions with, or um, you know seemingly they, they don't know anymore or they, they, they never re- nothing really happened whereas they should have very distinct memories yeah I know it's high school I don't know how old these people are meant to be but something like that happening to someone at the, the prom or the valentine's dance or whatever the fuck it was you know they would have very distinct memories of that and they should have very distinct memories of the fact that their friend Dorothy accused him of assaulting her. And that is, come on, you know, that is definitely well, a basis for 13, some revenge. It's 13 years later. Yeah. And they must have been about, like, 13 in that. Yeah. Yeah. If something, if, if I can remember something that happened 13 years ago. Yeah. If, if something like that happened, you know, it doesn't happen every day. It's true. 
Um, and judging by slasher film standards, they all look like they are in the late 20s, so maybe they're meant to be, um, like, 15. Yeah, I suppose high school... <laughs> no, don't, Chris, I'm 15. joking. They're clearly not meant to be 15 and 13 years later. Oh, excuse, oh okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, you look at other slasher, slasher films where the actors look so old. Yeah, that's true. And they're meant to be younger. Um... So they go to an art gallery, play, which is playing Marilyn Manson, because, you know, it's 2001. <laughs> um, Lily brings a date with her. And I know this is the first time I've had this in this film, but he's a really fucking creepy guy. He is. Come on! But I don't, what I don't figure out is that the, essentially this is meant to be Lily's boyfriend. Yeah. Why is she watching a dating video? Yeah. Yeah, Max is um, her supposed boyfriend. Yeah, so... so Max... A blind date art show. Yeah, so uh, Max is an artist and he's created some fucking shit <laughs> video maze about love or about sex or, or whatever the fuck it was about. And admittedly, the film, the characters do realise how shit this yeah. uh, exhibition is. Um, the dude from Catherine Heigl's date is there. Come on, Red Herring. Yeah. Um, for so you know. Campbell's there. Campbell's there. He's introduced to everyone. He's purposely acting shady. Yeah. Like it's so forced. Um, and then all of the men and the women are separated. Um, and they uh, start walking around these art gallery screens. Yeah, so they're they're separated between men and women, so they can go through this maze, and uh, we cut to, um, Max and Lily making out. Yeah. So they've clearly not separated, uh, between men and women, but they're making out, and some woman comes along like his. I assistant. don't know who the fuck this was. I think it was his assistant or something. And she starts, like, <laughs> touching herself. It's so fucking... Well cringe. It's so awkward. Yeah, well cringe. She just starts him doing a top and just staring at her. Yeah, it's like, and Lily's like, who um, is that? What's she doing? And Max is like, well, I thought we... I, he may refer to it as a menage a trois. I, I can't remember. I feel I, like I don't think he, he specifically says but what that's he wanted. The, but he... The, yeah, the, so the intention is that he thinks they're going to have some sort of threesome in the middle of... His an art gallery art where gallery. people are wandering around and could easily bump into him at any time. Yeah, so she's horrified and offended by this, even though not too long ago she was watching dating videos. Yeah. Um, she calls him a sleaze ball. Yes, calls him a sleaze ball. And does something else that happens quite frequently in this film. She storms off. She just storms off. Everyone storms off in every five minutes in this film. So she storms off alone uh, and she gets shot with an arrow. She does. Uh, the killer has his nosebleed as as per. Yeah, so she's well. She's shot uh, with a few arrows. Yeah. And she falls through the fire exit, and down quite a few flights. Uh, into a conveniently placed dumpster, <laughs> and um, fortunately for the plot, she had a flight to LA scheduled as well, which she just mentioned. Yeah. So nobody's looking for her. No, no one's uh, missing her. No, <laughs> I do. I do like how over the top this death is. 
Yeah, it is actually. It is uh, another one that I found quite memorable. Some um, pretty good cinematography in this scene as well. It uses a shit art gallery to his advantage. Yeah. Like the whole uh, shot of the killer standing there amongst her screens. I think it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think, is it Jennifer Cove? Caulfield? Cough. Well, she was in Legally Blonde. Yeah, she, she was, was in, in White Chicks. Uh, oh, was she? Yeah. And she was in Urban Legend Final Cut. I think she's quite a good... She's quite a good comedic actress. and She wasn't particularly comedic in this film. No. She's got a nice charm about her. So it, it, I wish she'd been in it a little longer. Yeah, she she does a fine enough job. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so then we have a conversation that uh, Kate's having with Adam... Um, oh, this is so boring. Yeah, well, I she tells him that she thought the art gallery was porn. She's clearly never seen porn in her life. Um, it was the... I mean, really, the art gallery was just close-ups of lips and men with underwear on. It wasn't really... They were tits. Was there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. But either way, it wasn't porn. Um, and then there's a joke about Adam wearing women's clothes because her underwear started going missing. So, ha, dressing up as a woman. Classic comedy. Um, and then there's a bit more exposition about Adam being an alcoholic, just in case you didn't know. And then uh, we cut to another shot where the detective's speaking to the girls. That, that whole bar scene with Adam really did not need to be there. We know he's an alcoholic. Yeah, I kind of, uh, within my notes, I just skipped all, all sort of interaction that Kate and Adam had. Mm. I, I literally just put Kate and Adam talk boring stuff at the bar. Yeah. Well, the detective's having a chat with the girls. Because it doesn't really help the film either. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. You know, okay, he's there and you, you know he's a suspect. Because every yeah. man in this film is a suspect. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so all this shit is, is completely pointless. Like, I don't care. Well, we found out um, that uh, some remembrance cards have been sent out by Jeremy to... Was it Shelley's Shelley's, yes, yeah. Shelley's parents. Um, and uh, it is actually signed from Jeremy Melton this time. Yes. Uh, and... Then, the detective says it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, though. it's nothing to worry about. It, uh, I will investigate, but it's probably yeah, nothing to worry probably about. Probably nothing. Uh, Dorothy, this is when we have the chat with Dorothy about how she reveals she never got attacked by him, uh, and that is all because she was fat. Yeah, yeah, because she was the chubby girl, and they don't understand because they were always the, the funny one, or the nice one, or the clever one, or the, the, the gorgeous one, and she was just the fat girl. Uh, we get another pointless... I do find it... Sorry, just going back to the the whole prom scene, you know, Dorothy was just sat by herself. Yeah. Um, when Jeremy went over, so I find it strange that the whole idea is these are meant to be such good friends and they've been best friends since high school, yet they would have allowed her just to have sat by herself at the dance. Because yeah. the others weren't really; they were just sort of, you know, having fun. They weren't particularly dancing with anyone. No. So I don't know why they would have just left Dorothy out. Yeah. I understand why she's better a little bit. Yeah. Well, we get another scene of Adam and Kate. He mm. randomly appears in a room um, out of nowhere because, you know, 
people could teleport in this film, apparently. Well, a lot of people um, um, randomly appear in her. She, her security is Oh, her security is terrible. Awful. Yeah. She needs to get a proper lock on that door. She gives him some exposition about Jeremy and gives him a kiss. Um, and then we get back to the detective and he gives a bit more exposition about Jeremy. Says that his parents died in a fire. Um, and then he does an hilarious reconstruction of what he should look like now. And it's fucking insulting. <laughs> like, I, I feel sorry for the actor who played the young version of Jeremy because, oh my God, if this is what they think he, he'd look like when he's older, Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. Um, but yeah, so they, they shows that reconstruction. Um, and then he starts asking if all the girls have a boyfriend, especially Paige. Yeah. Because even though he's a man of the law and he's a detective... He's still a fucking suspect. He is, and he's a creep. Oh, my God. So, he tells all the girls to fuck off, but not Paige. Um, so, he tells Paige, once he gets her alone, that he thinks there's sexual tension between the two of them. Starts feeling up her leg, and she tells him to shove his hand up his ass. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and with that... Um, well, Dor- Dorothy... Um... Let's them know that she doesn't actually know Campbell's surname. Yeah, even yeah. after only knowing him a month and allowing him into her home. Come on, well, Red I mean that whole that whole segment of the detective being like, "Oh, have you got boyfriends?" There, suspects. He's spelling it out what the film's yeah. trying to say. Like, if you've got boyfriends, they're suspects. Really? Yeah, it treats the audience like it's they're dumb. <sighs> It just there's so many of these scenes with really unnecessary um, exposition. Like, yeah. Seriously, completely unnecessary. Yeah, it pretty much spars out the whole film too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get some more bad Gary representation. Um, <laughs> yeah. So back at Kate's apartment. Her creepy neighbour, Gary. Scary Gary. It's scary Gary is trying on... So, seriously, she needs to look at these fucking locks. Yeah. Her security... She seriously, seriously so needs to look at these locks. He's trying on her underwear. Sniffing them. We're trying them on. He, it, it, he's, he's putting them on. That's why he has a sniff as well. He has a sniff and puts them on. And uh, the killer's there. The iron's on <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why the iron's He's on. He's going to iron her underwear for her. It's How considerate. It's particularly hot, this iron, as well. <laughs> so it's been on a while. And uh, so the killer takes the iron, shoves it on Scary Gary's face. Yeah, but not before Scary Gary tells him, look, look I'm not very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then starts... Swinging the iron, yeah, beats him to death with an iron. And beats him to death with the iron, and we never find scary Gary's body. No, no, it's never discovered. Uh, so her iron's fine. Her, her iron's, iron's fine. Uh, it's all cleaned up. Next time we see it, and uh, yeah, there's no blood in the apartment. No, there's no nothing. No, absolutely no evidence to suggest that anyone has been killed in her apartment. Uh, there's never any mention of Gary going missing. No. Um, that That's it. Just It's just an extra death for the body count, isn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, so Kate goes home. She's greeted by Adam when she gets to her uh, block of flats or whatever. Yeah, so Adam's Because happy Valentine's Day. So we know it's Valentine's Day now. Yeah. And because he's outside the apartment, of course, that makes him even more of a suspect. Yeah. But then we get a, a <laughs> another example of how good the security is at her place. Paige appears in her apartment. <laughs> yeah. So there must have been a really quick clear-up as well. So when yeah. Kate, Kate returns to her apartment and the iron's fine and it's got the cord wrapped around it. She thinks it's a bit weird because she probably never left it like that. And she can sense there's someone there or something. So we get a cheap jump scare yeah. with Paige in her bedroom with with the door closed. That's what I... <laughs> yeah. You're in your friend's apartment. Okay, so you you may have a key. You know, she may have given you a key. Um, but what? She's not there. Are you just lurking around? Why are you in the bedroom with the door closed? <laughs> I'd question that. Even if it was like a really good friend of mine. How did like, Kate... What are you doing in my bedroom with the door closed? How has Kate survived this long when it's that easy to get into exactly. her Exactly. Well, well, in fairness, we find out why she survived so long. Yeah. She should have been dead a long time ago. It's true. Well, Dorothy gets Campbell a watch and a snog for Valentine's Day. Yes. And we get a really awkward post-sex scene. And no. I... No. What is this scene, then? So, what this is... So, um... So, what... Well, Dorothy calls them at the house. So we're going back just a little bit. So Paige and Kate are at the apartment mm. and Dorothy calls them. And again, she acts like a proper knob on the phone, really bitter. And they're like, well, what you need to do is get him in the sack. So um, the detective then calls afterwards. So Dorothy puts the phone down. Oh, yeah. She's going to put the moves on. The detective calls and the dude from... Um, Catherine Heigl's date he'd previously been taken in for questioning mm-hmm. and they've had to release him dun, dun, dun. there we go another red herring and so we cut to Dorothy buying Campbell a watch and they're preparing mentioning the Valentine's party that's going to happen it's not post-sex he can't get it up yeah but they have a kiss yeah, they have a kiss, hmm. but when they're in the bed together, he hasn't, oh, is that what it, that he was? hasn't been able to perform. Oh, okay, because I knew there was something So I don't happened. know if the intention is to suggest that he's just not attracted to her and obviously with her for the money, so he can't, you know, perform, mm. or that he's actually a, a homosexual. It's never really... You know, well, delved into it, that deep. It is the early two thousands, and he is creepy, so it could be a gay character. Yeah, that's the so standard may, representation. He could just have been a gay guy who's after her money and trying to charm her out of you know cash and somewhere posh to live. Well, because she gets in the shower, and he he goes in and she tries it on again and he's mm. like, oh no, I've got to go to the gym first. But he gives her a fancy necklace. Yes. Um, she clearly hates it. That that reaction was so false. So, oh, thanks. Oh, thank. Oh, yeah, lovely necklace. Thanks. So yeah, you hate that necklace. Can I be honest? 
I'm not sure she hated the necklace or the acting was really bad. It's one of the two. She struggles a lot in this film. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Is it Capshaw? I have not got it written down. She, she really struggles. I find she really struggles in this film. Her acting's not very good. Well, we never get to find out what the secret is behind Campbell's character because he goes to the basement and gets an axe in the back. Yeah, I, I, so he he's at the swimming pool or something. Yeah. He's post-gym and she's on the intercom and asks him to go and fix the boiler. Which doesn't allow a character for her, Yeah, I found. I'm like, It didn't even sound like her voice. No, she's kind of... You know, she's really um, worshipping this guy. You know, okay, he hasn't been able to perform, but she's still sort of... You get the inkling that she's, you know, head over heels. She would have probably just asked one of the the employees there to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she asked him. Um, But yeah, he's really annoyed by that because, you know, he shouldn't be working for his money. (laughs) She'd be cheating it out of her. And so he goes down, fixes the boiler, and gets an axe to the back. Yeah, one of the probably worst death scenes in the film because it's so bland. It is, yeah. And I, I think... It's this, a good setup, but it just ends really quickly. I think this is an awkward scene to, to uh, add an extra red herring mm. of Dorothy being the killer. Uh, but yeah. it's quite clumsily done. Like, it's out of character for her to have, you know, asked him to do that. And I, I don't think, you know, the big reveal is that it's somebody putting on a voice. It's just that made his death convenient and then made Dorothy, who's been seen to be quite bitter uh, and quite the arsehole, yeah. into a suspect. True. Because, you know, we haven't got enough of those. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's not like uh, there's a suspect every five minutes. And also there's a lot... The the necklace that he gave her was a cherub. Yeah. There's a lot of weird, really convenient coincidences in this film that just... It's just annoying. Well, the party is underway and uh, the Valentine's party at uh, Dorothy's house and Paige has brought... Uh, a date along. Who she brought on a date with her? The guy from the speed dating. The Shermanator. Brian from speed dating. Yes. And he says, hey, hot stuff. I like how you move. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> he then says he wants to take her upstairs because he's got something to show her. Denise Richards goes along with this. What the fuck does she think he had to I show know. her? Exactly. And this really annoys me because he's like, Go upstairs. I've got something, a surprise for you. What? He literally, Everyone, said, he literally says, I have something to show you. Anyone with two brain cells, you know, of a certain age, obviously, would know what that means. Yeah. You don't go into a room with a date, you know, a bedroom with a date, without, you know, the suggestion that you're going to get it on. Yeah. So to get into the room, he whips his dick out. And she's and says surprise, and she's like, "You brought me up here because you wanted to show me your dick." And yeah. Why I don't I don't understand what you thought he was going to show she's you. She's absolutely horrified at the appearance of his knob. 
Which I find incredible. Yeah. What, what else did she think was going to happen? Well, she has a plan. Um, she's like, I'm out of here. And he's like trying to convince her to stay. So uh, she's like, I'll tell you what, take your clothes off. Then she ties him to the bed. Yeah, she ties him to the bed with four very conveniently um, <laughs> uh, placed scarves. Because everybody has four scarves in their bedside table. And her plan is to tie him up, blindfold, excuse me, five, because she mm, uses one from a blindfold as well. And because he'd, well, what he'd said is uh, for her to wax it, which I don't really get. What, what does that mean? Yeah, why is he getting off on her waxing his dick? Yeah, but no, I think the whole idea is waxing in 2001 America meant like, I don't know, blowjob? I don't know what. He might have just wanted his pubes waxing. No, well... (laughs) But um, she decides to take one of the very conveniently placed... (laughs) And lit. Lit candles. There must be about ten candles on the row. Unattended. Unattended. They must have been completely unattended in this bedroom. Like, seriously, because unless she's going, going in there and lighting these candles... And then acting surprised that he wants to get it on. <laughs> but she takes... It's fucking stupid. Fucking... It's so annoying. Uh, she takes one of his candles and pours the wax on his wiener and decides to leave him there. Yeah. So... Because men are all dogs. After this, um, a random... Seriously, all those fucking candles. I know. Like, who lit them? Why are they there? Why are they unattended? I feel bad going to the toilet with a candle on the go. Imagine having a whole fucking party with these lit candles in a random bedroom. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. Very angry. uh, Random bitchy girl from earlier in the film, throwaway character arrives. We didn't actually mention her, did we? No, because it wasn't really that important. No, it was um, some woman who wears a... Uh, jump her around her shoulders. Yeah. Um. So we know that she's rich. She's sophisticated. So she's yeah. Um. Give me a bit of Linda Blair, looks wise. She. Uh, she accused Campbell of stealing money from her, or, yeah. or tricking her into uh, investing in a business that never really existed. And yeah. uh, Campbell gave her the same necklace. What a yes. player! So he she's back for more. She's back to have a go at him because she's creepy and found out where Dorothy lived uh, and decided to crash the party to, to have a go at him. Um, joke's on her, he's already dead. Um, but yeah, so again, it's just another just another character for the body, yeah. isn't it? Just to, Because if you're only stalking five people and you got to have a final girl out of that, so it's only four deaths, you got to have more than that, yeah. ain't you? So, yeah, so this woman, she's gets chucked out and then sneaks her way back in again to this party. Um, and she, what does she do? She goes trying to steal stuff, don't yeah, she? Yeah, she finds the killer dragging a body. Um, yeah, the uh, body of the maid. Yes. So the maid's been killed. Uh, we don't see that. That happens off screen. Yeah. But she finds the killer dragging the maid's body. Uh, a chase ensues. Yeah, she, she hits him with a pool cue and runs away. She hides out in the sauna and 
This is a very... Considering we have absolutely nothing invested in this woman. Yeah, we get five minutes of the um, killer just popping his head around the corner and yeah. putting it back again. This is a very long yeah. um, scene, considering we, we don't give a shit I don't even know her name. No, I don't. I'm not even sure if we do find her name. I don't no. know. Just and she gets one of the best death angry scenes. Angry woman, she does actually. She this random woman gets one of the best death scenes. She's thrown into the shower, uh, and there's a bit of glass sticking up, and uh, he pushes her down onto it, and it's yeah. really graphic. Yeah, no, yeah, it works quite well. If only we gave a shit about. Yeah, her. but here's someone you do give a shit about. Kate finds Angel getting pissed. Uh, well, drunk to our American listeners. Um, down in the uh, wine cellar. Yeah, so suddenly uh, this Adam character um, is back on the booze. <laughs> who who knows why? Because <laughs> he's an alcoholic. But, because, but I, I, don't, I don't get it. He's hiding out in the kitchen drinking wine. Um, I don't I don't understand. It's his only trope. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I don't get it. But yeah, so she's fuming. Storms off because no one else has stormed off in this film so far. Um, she <coughs> storms off from him, and Paige decides to get in the hot tub for one of the film's more memorable scenes. Uh, the killer arrives, leaves her a rose on the side without a seeing. Yeah, because that, he's got who's supernatural the, powers. Yeah, like who is he invisible? <laughs> like seriously. She must have looked straight at the killer at some point for that rose to get there. How how strange. Yeah, she gets out of the hot tub, has a look around. She she investigates a strange noise yeah. in her bikini. <laughs> because really, really, the <laughs> this whole scene is set up for us to see Denise Richards in her bikini. Yeah. Essentially, she gets thrown back into the uh, into the hot tub by the killer. Yeah, who closes the cover on her uh, over the top of the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it should have just been left there. That would have been a you know grim enough death. But no, he gets a drill, um, yes. starts drilling into it, and then uh, he's not happy with that. He gets a hole in her shoulder, and then he uh, throws the drill in and electrocutes her. Yeah. So um. It's, this is the scene I remembered the most. Yeah. This is the death scene I remember the most. Watching it again now, it's fucking dumb. It is so dumb. It's so dumb. Because uh, she gets thrown in the hot tub, the lid goes on. Seemingly, there's no air holes. Yeah. So, drilling so- <laughs> into it. Number one, where the fuck is that drill plugged in? <laughs> like, seriously... Is there a fucking plug socket in the hot tub room? Why is there a plug socket in there? How long is this cable for the drill? Where the fuck did they get a drill from? Yeah. They must... I don't know. Conveniently there. Conveniently, there's a drill available. And starts drilling holes, trying to catch her. And, you know, gets her on the arm. Clearly just gets bored. And just like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to throw it in now. <laughs> like, you should have just done that from the start. You yeah. Did. So, um, that's Paige dead. And then there's Is a power cut. Me, do you think that's a bit of a reference to Slumber Party Massacre? Maybe. Because I, I do think there are quite a few sort of nods to the early 80s, like I've explained earlier, the early 80s slasher films. So I, I do think maybe it's... Uh, 
you know, a little nod to Slumber Party Massacre. It's badly executed nod. Yeah, probably, yeah. Well, we get a conversation uh, with Kate and Dorothy where Dorothy thinks Adam's the killer, but Kate thinks Campbell's the killer. Well, what happens is obviously the killer throwing the drill into the hot tub, all the electrics go off. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. So everybody leaves. And when I say everybody leaves, everybody, conveniently, every single person in that building leaves apart from Kate, Dorothy and Adam. Yeah. Even, like, the staff. Like, there are caterers there. Yeah. Why are they leaving just because there's a power cut? Just wait it out. Yeah. But one uh, ten along. Party goers, okay, I understand, whatever, you know. But there are like employees there <laughs> um, that leave. They just go. Like, there's the chefs there. They're like, oh, we're just, you know, just gonna leave all this shit here. Yeah. I, I don't. Mm. Well. Another it, dumb choice just to. for convenience. In uh, continuing tradition. Dorothy storms off in the mood. Yeah. Um, Kate tries calling a detective. But also, like, what I think... Sorry, I keep interrupting you and going back. But um, Dorothy accuses Adam of being the killer, even though Adam and Kate have been in a relationship for a fairly long time. Mm-hmm. They've known each other. But the moment Kate accuses Campbell of being the killer, considering Dorothy doesn't know his surname <laughs> and has only known him a month, Dorothy... Dor- Dorothy is horrified yeah. at the thought of that. And Kate must be super jealous of her super boyfriend and storms off. Yeah. Again, Dorothy acting a knob. Well, uh, Kate tries calling the detective and she hears his phone outside, so she goes to have a look for it and she finds one of the funniest fake heads oh, I've ever seen. Yeah. How on earth did... Jaws, a film released almost like 30 years before this, managed to get a fake head that looks better than this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, this looked awful. It did. It looked so plastic. I can't believe this was released as a mainstream film with this scene in it. Yeah. I know the budget was small, but Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, so she finds the detective's head, so it's not him. So the detective's head's in the pond, and also in the pond is a note that Adam had written for Kate earlier. So in Kate's head, that means Adam is definitely the killer. Yeah. And uh, Dorothy was right all along. And with convenient timing, Adam appears. Yes. Acts all creepy for a bit, gets kneed in the balls, uh, she runs away. He does act super creepy. Yeah, he really forces it. Like, for us, this is it. This is, he is the killer. Yeah. Like, this is the moment, because he acts super duper creepy. He might as well have been, you know, doing Jack Torrance in yeah. Shining. He's acting so creepy. Well, he gets near the balls. Kate runs away. He appears again. Says, hello, Kate. Like, it's the first time he's ever seen her. Yeah. Um, and then chases her a bit. Kate finds the bitchy girl's corpse. Uh, grabs a gun. Oh, yeah. So, uh, as our final girl, she has to find yes. everybody's body. So, she finds Paige's first. 
Yeah. We well, she already found the detective. She finds pages first. Then, then the she finds girl. the angry woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she grabs a gun and uh, the killer jumps out at her. She the, has uh, a conveniently placed gun. Yeah. They, her and the killer fall down the stairs. Uh, Adam comes out. He's a hero. He shoots the killer. We get a bit of a Scooby-Doo with masking. Oh, yeah. The big reveal. The big reveal. And it's Dorothy. Dorothy under the mask. What a surprise. So, it was Dorothy all along. Or was it? Uh, she was the big fat girl who was so bitter and so, you know, awful. And then she was an awful character. Yeah. Um, But... Because she was so bitter about being the big girl in school, she decided to kill all her friends. Uh-huh. Well, Adam calls the police on her, even though she's dead. Yeah. Um, well, you'd have to call the police anyway. There are bodies there. Well, Kate can't understand it, and we know this because she says it about three times. Yeah. Uh, and then... Yeah, I've got that written down as well. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't understand it. I, I can't understand it. I can't... Yeah, keep saying it, Kate. You're going to really understand it better. Definitely can't understand it. Uh, Adam talks some shit about He's always loved Kate, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, when you're, you're lonely, you never know what you can do, or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah, so I've always loved you, Kate. Um, and she has a nap, and yeah. he has a nosebleed. <gasps> So... It was him. Yeah. It was him all along. It's really open for interpretation, so I assume... It's not. He's the killer. Right, so he just put Dorothy in a mask and threw her at... <laughs> essentially. Threw her at Kate. Yeah, essentially. Oh, God. And then we, we end on some random scream for some reason, which yeah. definitely isn't Kate's scream. Um, so I don't get that. Um, but yeah, so I think the whole idea is that... Adam was Jeremy, mm-hmm. and uh, conveniently, plastic surgery was mentioned a couple of times through the film, <laughs> because uh, that e-fit, or whatever he did on the computer, definitely looked absolutely nothing yeah. like David Boroneras. Yeah, because during that scene, they're like, there is the possibility of plastic surgery. Yes. Wink, wink, angel. Yeah, because, you know, he looked absolutely nothing like him. No. And, yeah, so the whole idea is that the girls were killed in a fashion to how they had slighted him at the dance. So, obviously, Kate was the nicest one by saying maybe later. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe later is they end up dating later on in life. Um, But Dorothy falsely accused him of attacking her... And he set her up to be falsely accused of these killings. Yeah. Um, what I don't get is, why did she jump at Kate and fall down the stairs? I think he must have threw at her. Maybe. Or pushed her. Yeah. But, you know, no cast makes sense, so that's no. Valentine. That is Valentine. Um, I found that's aged terribly. It has. It has. It's quite stylish in places and, and has its moments, particularly yeah. some of the death scenes, you know. It's not awful. It's not. But it's, it's certainly not great. It's stupid and it yeah. treats us like we're stupid. And I don't like that in, you know, a horror film. It, uh, it just yeah. takes me out of it. Absolutely no thought put into anyone's representation in the film. No. No. So, yeah, just, just a throwaway basic slasher. 
it's I, I think if it wasn't Valentine's themed or at least had the title, you know, to write about something, that's a pretty decent title for yeah. a horror film. Um, if it wasn't called that or based around that, we would be less inclined to, to ever really watch it, really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very run-of-the-mill, very run-of-the-mill. But that is Valentine, and next week I haven't actually decided yet. It's still up in the air. Next week's episode, so I'll make the announcement on Friday. Um, once I've decided, uh, but it will be another Valentine's theme film. So it's either going to be a romantic horror film or a horror film set on Valentine's Day, something love based. Um, it might be trash. It might be good. Who knows? Um, because this film certainly was somewhere. In the middle, fine line. Yeah, it was. I I gave it a five. Yes, yeah, on IMDb, but like slap down, slap bang down the middle. Yes. So yeah, uh, if you are listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube, give us a follow and a and a like, and we are on social media. Uh, Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm GazCruise92 on Twitter. Gazmo205 on Instagram. And DeadeyeGaz92 on Letterboxd. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram, Letterboxd and Twitter. And that is it. So uh, until next week, don't go eating any chocolate. You get a Valentine's Day. There might be maggots in it. Yes. And, and watch out for all the men in your life. They could be serial say, killers. Look out for all those fucking red herrings. They're <laughs> everywhere. So we will see you the same time, same place next week. Bye.